0: You know, going into today's episode, I was struggling on what to talk about. And then some major bombshell hit and Boston College no longer has a head coach. We're going to get into that.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everyone. Locked on Boston College here with a special episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So as I was saying, going into tonight, I was struggling. I was like, there's no recruiting news. Basketball's off. What are we going to talk about? I I think of that Cody Rose gif I used. What what do you guys want to talk about? And then I'm putting my kids down for a, I I was giving them a bath and I see Pete Dammel's tweet go out. And I, I don't know if it was like this with you, Mitch, I was double checking like five times to make sure that was the right Pete Dammel. And it said, Jeff Halfley is leaving Boston college to become the green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. And I was stunned. And to talk about this, he's been here for almost the entire um, tenure. Jeff Halfley is Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider. Mitch, how's it going?
1: Good props to you for your media literacy of actually checking to see if it was real. Cause I was just like, Oh, that's them. Well, it's definitely him. And I, I think the follow-up tweets from it really sold it for me. And then I was just like, and then I called you, I was like, did you see this? And you're like, "Busy right now? We're, so we got something up on the site, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much the phrase bombshell gets thrown around anymore, but I feel like this is the, as close a thing as you can get to a bombshell, especially given the timing uh, more so than the
0: actual happenings, I guess. So, yeah, if you went back a month and a half, you go back to the end of the regular season. And I think a lot of folks, you know, right around Thanksgiving, especially after that Miami game, I think folks were like, oh, Jeff Halfley's going to get fired. This is the end of him. You know, they went the month of November and they looked awful. And then you get he he's he's still clearly on the on the staff. He's the head coach. You get to the Fenway Bowl and he shocks many people by winning that game. He starts killing it in the in the transfer portal and you're starting to feel you're starting to feel that good feeling again. And then this happens. And in the funny part, and Mitch, Mitch and I were talking about this earlier, Adam Brenneman, who I think was a tight end for Penn State. And then um, UMass, yep, And then UMass. And then he was a coach who I think got fired at Arizona State. Um had a sit-down um had a sit-down interview with Jeff Halfley that dropped this morning. And on it, uh, obvi- if you're to look at the image, too, he said, <laughs> I think it says now out right over Jeff Halfley's head. And but it was Je- but it's ironic because Halfley's talking on it about how much he loves Boston College and he wouldn't go anywhere else. And, you know, he's he loves it here. And then, boom, you know, 12 hours later, he's gone. How, how surprised were you by this, Mitch?
1: Uh, I mean, floored, uh, shocked, wh- whatever word for that you want to use. I mean. I, I get we were, we were completely blindsided by this. I um, mean, again, I think most of that is the timing. It's because, you know, a lot of other college football podcasts I just listen to, they were kind of saying, oh, like now we're finally going wrap to the, wrap the coaching carousel. You know, it's finally over now that kind of the shockwaves from Nick Saban retiring and Jim Harbaugh leaving, they was kind of settled down. So it was like, okay, time to move on. You know, coaching Terrell's over, and then boom, you know, sitting power five head coach leaves from an NFL DC job. So, you know, I think, I think with, I didn't get a chance to watch that Halfley interview. Now I probably won't. So it'll just make me upset. Um, but I mean, given our conversations with Halfley, like he's always been kind of frustrated by this. Uh, and this is what was mentioned in the follow-up tweets from Thamble about how college football coaching is not as much about coaching football as it is about fundraising nil, blah, 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 blah. And he's talked about how crazy it is and how that needs to be reformed and uh, my personal opinion is that's why Tim Lukabu left last year to be an NFL position coach as opposed to a sitting college power five coordinators, because it's significantly less work. Um, and pro- and he could probably got a pay bump. I'm not sure if Halfley's getting a pay bump to be NFL DC, But if you also think about it, whatever his money is in Green Bay goes a lot further than it does in Boston. So that's, par- that's probably part of it, too. And again, he has a lot less work to do. And the work that he does have to do, it focuses a lot more on actually coaching football as opposed to you know, traveling around the country, doing recruiting, doing fundraising, doing NIL, doing all this other stuff that isn't football. And I know a lot of national reporters are talking about it today, about how they, that how coaches and athletic coaches and everybody have been expecting is because the college football calendar is so crazy. It is, it is a 365, 24, 24, 24 seven job. And a lot of that work again, is not about actual football. So I think coaches are just getting tired and say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll take a, a not my notch down a bit to go to the NFL where I just get to coach football and I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. So, on, uh, I, 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 on the one hand, I get it like that that makes a lot of sense, but it, but you know, so for him, it makes sense, I get it, but you know, that obviously leaves BC in a really bad position, giving the timing.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Brian Doan of 247 about this, so yeah, I called him immediately because I had talked to him an hour before the news hit about a potential new director of recruiting. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Something to talk about. And then I was like, did you hear? Cause he he's, he's close with Jeff. Like they knew each other at Rutgers and he's like, no. And he was saying like, just kind of like you were saying, like compare the lifestyle of a college football coach versus the NFL coach. He was like, when you're, you know, what are most NFL coaches, assistant coaches doing right now? They're playing with their kids. They're at home doing nothing. You know, they're just chilling right now. What are college coaches doing?
1: Well, to, to be to be fair, they're probably at the Senior Bowl, the Shrine game or something like that. So, but some of them are off. Yes, you're right.
0: Right. You might have a couple of staff members there. But yeah. like, look at BC staff. Every single not, one of yeah. them is on the road right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's a different it's a different feel. And I totally get it. Like for, for these coaches, he's got two young kids. Like it's the change of what you can do versus as a head coach and a college coach versus what you're going to do in the NFL is completely different. It's just the timing is horrible.
1: (laughs) And even think about the two there were, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but Alabama hired Mo linguist, who was the head coach at Buffalo to be, I think just a defensive assistant. And they did this with another sitting head coach. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Um, but they went from being sitting, power, or not power five, obviously, but they went from sitting head coach to being essentially defensive assistants. I don't even think they're coordinators at Alabama. And I think that's kind of part of it too, because even though, yeah, you're on the road recruiting, is like the head coach has to do all this other stuff with the NIL and the fundraising. So that's even you know a downgrade responsibility where you do get to coach more football, but there's still a ton of other stuff you have to do. So you know, again, we're seeing a lot of people talk about that, and I think that that really pertains to Halfley and. I mean, and BC really just gets shafted here. There's really no other way to put it because, you know, like we, talk, like we talked about it after the pit game that, you know, we didn't necessarily want Halfley back after how the season was wrapping up and they made a decision to keep him. And if they hadn't, you know, they could have gone out and hired, you know, some of the candidates, they're probably gonna be kicking around for this now. We're at this point, but they would have had some other candidates that are basically now off the table or very unlikely to be hired because some of them are set up at other programs that are, could be relatively comparable to BC. So why would they leave that job that they've been spending the last month or so, uh you know, putting, putting together to come to BC? Like it's just those, some of those guys are just off the table now. So this is, I, I don't necessarily think this is a mismanagement or lack of foresight from the administration. I'm sure you could argue, Oh, like they should have seen this coming. They should have been prepared. And it's like, I mean, again, we felt that Halfley was pretty locked in with, you know, hitting the transfer portal really hard. Uh, um, you know, coaching the bowl game, obviously, and all that stuff. Like, and he was still out recruiting. Like he was obviously very busy over these last few weeks. So I think they felt that he was pretty bought into, you know, and I think they said, Oh, you know, you know, he's frustrated with some of these things about college football, every coach is, you know, and you know, there's nothing much we can do about that, but you know, we, we feel like that he's going to stay. And then this comes out and it's, I think that they're pretty, I mean, I'm sure they might have had a few days notice, you know, or at least a day maybe, but yeah, I mean, they're probably just as surprised as us.
0: Yeah. I mean, you saw, I just saw Lewis Bond tweeting a broken heart emoji. uh, Cam
1: Arnold responded to the same tweet and said, wow, I think, excuse me.
0: Yep. Um, And I think we'll talk later about that. I was
1: I mean, I was, so I was dealing with a former player today who was very surprised by this. Um, I asked him if he had heard anything from the roster and he said, no, but some of the things I've seen on Twitter, which are from relatively unreliable sources, but people are saying that. And I would say that Arnold and Bond's tweets kind of go towards this is that I don't think the roster really knew this was happening. I think they probably found out if not when the rest of us did probably not that much sooner, which really no other way to slice it. That's not a good look. If that's what happened.
0: Yep. It's not an easy thing to do. And that's what, uh, yeah, it's probably what happened, but um, we do have to, we're going to be back in just a moment and we'll talk a little bit about his, his tenure. Let's look at what Jeff Halfley did, uh, where the program is compared now to where he started. Uh, we'll get into his four years at BC and, and talk a little bit about um, how how the program looks. We'll get to that in a moment. Happy Super Bowls to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super bets. If you're like me too, you fall asleep on the couch when you have two young kids that keep you up all night, and. I usually like a nice hot coffee with my my Super Bowl to keep me going. Now, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the Super Bowl with a win or two or three. Now, only you can. Now, you can bet on who will win Super Bowl fifty eight, but also FanDuel has bets for which player will score a touchdown. Do you think um, Debo Samuel is going to score? Do you think um, Christian McCaffrey? Who you know? Who? Who do you think? will score. You can get anytime score touchdown uh, bets there and so much more. Now, new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Locked on BC, AJ Black. I was actually, this is so funny. I'm sure Mitch is having the same thing. The last two hours, I have been on social media, and not even like scrolling. It's been people DMing me nonstop, and someone was saying that there was a group space. um, I think it was the the burner accounts. They were saying I was going to be super sad or angry that Halfley was leaving. Uh, They thought that I would be upset. I'm upset with what what we talk about in a little bit about what could happen with this roster, but I, I I've said all along. That I thought when Mitch and I did our our season preview last week, when I said they were going to go five and seven or six and six, I thought he's going to be gone in November anyways. So I'm not. This isn't like a huge thing. I just think the timing of it's awful. Um, so do you have something, Mitch?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say like I think we and we'll get into this, but like we can argue back and forth forever about, and then we we will in just a bit, but we can argue about it in ad nauseum as to how good of a coach he was, where he left this program, whatever. The, the fact remains is that the timing of this departure is the worst thing about it. And it is terrible. It is a terrible time, ta- terribly timed departure because the semester has started. Players are enrolled, but they now have a 30 day window to transfer, which is going to be difficult. But even outside of that, I, I'd be, I think there is going to be a massive, 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 massive depart Exodus in the transfer portal. And, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's partly Halfley's fault by when this timing happens, but again, you know, there's a lot of external factors there, but that, that we're we could, again we're going to argue about how good Halfley was, but this, where we stand now is terrible for the pro. It's just absolutely awful because I just think a lot of guys that we thought were going to be very instrumental to help helping this program, maybe get back to six and 60 against a very difficult schedule upcoming this year are going to be gone. And I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but um, unless they, you know, can swing a miracle with the next head coach. I'd be very concerned about losing a lot of talented players.
0: And we'll get into the the search in a moment, but this is how this episode's going. It's just like random trains of thoughts. I, I expect, and I hope this is not going to be a typical BC coaching search that drags on for weeks because they're going to get killed. If that's going to happen, mm-hmm. like you're going to lose guys in the portal, the best case scenario. And I, I have to imagine given the heat that Halfley had at the end of his last couple of years, They have ideas in their mind that they're going to reach out and make a decision quick because they have to be on top of this transfer portal stuff because if they get a guy in, they can get him in there, try to get the guys that are already in the portal to get their names out of there and try to prevent guys that aren't from doing it. So I think that's going to be super important. And I, my hope is that this, this search is like lightning quick that Blake James goes very fast. If
1: Blake James doesn't have a hire by the end of next week, he needs to be gone too.
0: Yeah. This is so critical. So back, back pedaling here again. Let's go talk about what Jeff Hathley did. So Jeff Hathley came in in 2020 and replaced Steve Adazio, who went six and six his final season. And he brings in Phil Dracovic, he brings in Frank Signetti and Tem Lokabu to run, you know, as his is his big moment here to start the season. And right, right away, Jeff walks right into it, Hornets' nest as COVID-19 hits and the football season basically goes from what you expected to this crazy you know like everything I mean,
1: has to- literally unprecedented like nothing we've ever seen before and probably something we won't hopefully won't see again for a long time
0: and and in 2020 to his credit that w- for all of us that were stuck at home you couldn't go out you couldn't do much watching those games was a lot of fun you had close loss you know Yeah, you you brought Clemson to the brink they should have won that game had UNC on the ropes too yep yeah
1: you know I gave Notre Dame a game for a half I would say
0: yep and Notre Dame was a
1: playoff team that year
0: um they started the, the season off with a fun win over Duke mm-hmm. um and Jakovic looks like a, a world beater for him so he's got the program like looking good there's no fans there but they're looking good and then he makes the move to decline a bowl uh a bull, uh, uh, he does not send his team to a bowl. They decide to decline it, which I think a lot of folks were kind of bummed about, but they talked about how exhausting that season was. And I remember him talking about like binders and things of all the like protocols they had to follow and all this stuff. And it was just exhausting for the team. They just wanted to be with their families. So you end the first season with Halfley. you're feeling pretty good. You feel like things are going in the right direction, right?
1: Yeah. You, I think you bring, you lose Hunter long to the NFL. Um, Lose, I think Isaiah McDuffie and Max Robert, Max sorry, um, Max Richardson and Max Roberts, but for the less significant player. Uh, lose Max Roberts, to the NFL. So you're bringing almost everybody back. Uh, you know, you get in some the offensive the whole offense line is back. That that's a really good group. Um, you know, you think okay, it's going to be more of a normal season. You have normal progression. You bring in a recruiting class. You know, guys develop. Um, I think the coaching staff was completely intact. So you know, everything should. Improve, you know, it's, it looks like a pretty decent schedule to start the year. So, think, okay, like let's take the step from six and five. You we know, do get maybe get to this eight win territory. And halfway's got this program, you know, to at that point, if that had happened, it would have been heights Steve Adazio never achieved.
0: Right. And so you go into the 2021 season, you got Phil Jakovic back, and it was it, it was a second game because they started against Colgate. Um, they play UMass, and Djokovic goes down. And <laughs> The rest of the season, it felt like a fever dream. Like, you bring in Dennis Grosselle, who you saw at the end of the uh, the 2020 season, you think he's going to be okay. And everything kind of falls... I don't want to say everything falls apart, just all the expectations that we had going into 2021 were gone. And... You leave the season, you feel like you were six and Well, then you get your COVID
1: back, you win two games. <laughs> and then, right. And then, then at the end of the year, then everybody gets sick and uh, a lot of injuries are They were and, supposed
0: to play ECU in the bowl game. Um, I got in a fight with one of their podcasters. That was fun. You can go like back and find that. Everybody
1: on ECU Twitter got in a fight with everybody on ECU Twitter.
0: Yeah. I feel like that was good a, times. Uh, <laughs> If that wasn't a, like a metaphor of the way this country is working, I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> two <to> America's year <laughs> basically. So you go to 2022 and this is where the sheen, I, I you know, the gloss over Jeff Halfley kind of goes away. He doesn't, whether he could or couldn't given the the state of NIO, he did not address anything with the yeah. offensive line after Alec Lindstrom, Zion Johnson, Mike, uh, yeah, Mike Rabel, Tyler Rabel and Ben, patrulla leave you you bring in christian you have mahogany left he blows his knee out and some out out of, out of uh off the field activity they try patching it with the guys that they have and it's a disaster one of the worst seasons i've ever seen and the- again like
1: I- i'm not gonna I- i'm i've always been a little willing to give a halfway a pass on that mostly because that was the murphy's law you were like everything that could go wrong everybody who could get hurt did get hurt especially on the offensive line like even a guy like finn dursteen who began the season starter was okay and then after four games he's out for the years so like, and now we're on to guys like nick thomas and jackson nestle like okay well now there's it's like it's just never gonna happen and and you know dracovic valiantly battles Emmett morehead valiantly battles zay flowers is a Uh, disappointing in terms of results, but, you know, pretty good final season to become probably the the most decorated BC receiver in program history. But I mean, yeah, just, just (laughs) another just brutal year. And again, some of the stuff is not necessarily his fault. And it's just, you know, again, everything that could have gone wrong, did go wrong. So, you know, I think it's, I think a lot of coaches in that similar situation would not have had significantly better results.
0: And so you go to 2023, he finally goes out and hits the transfer portal he brings in Logan Taylor and Kyle Hergel to try to fix the offensive line with the returning Christian Mahogany. He tries to bring in a quarterback. We can talk about that in a second. Uh, Thomas Castellanos, Kyle Robichaux as a running back. He brings in a bunch of different guys, right? You you look at the schedule. You have Holy Cross. You have NIU. You avoid playing Clemson. Um You avoid playing many of the schools that have been taught because the divisions are gone. You don't get Wake Forest. You don't get NC State. It would have been great to have Wake Forest this year, honestly. I know. Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) So going into the season, you're feeling okay, And the first thing that happens, you know, I was with Jeff for a lot of the summer is we get to see Emmett Moorhead at ACC Media Day. He, uh, you know, is announced as the starter going into the season. He goes out for two drives and Halfley benches him or whatever staff. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's the it goes to the top Halfley benches him and brings in Thomas Castellano, which stuns everyone. And to a lot of folks point, they if you had Thomas Castellanos out there to start and just got him juiced for that first game and maybe fixed the the playbook to work with what he had, you probably should have beaten NIU. Um, but whatever the hell they did made them lose to the Huskies to start that off. And immediately all that crap that you felt in 2022, it just cascades again into 2023. And it just continues at the beginning of the year. You, you should have lost to Holy cross. If um, what's his name? Sluka doesn't make a a unbelievably weird fumble. Um, You get, you you would have beaten Florida State, but you're so sloppy that you had was it, 18 penalties Program record penalties. Yep. Uh, you get trounced by Louisville and then they go on a five game win streak. And we're talking about the path and all the feel- good feelings are back again. It's like, you know, it's like with with Halfley, it was always a roller coaster. So you mm-hmm. you start off at the bottom and you go up and you're feeling good. You know, you win five games, you're bowl eligible. Everything's great. And then the the month of November, it was right off that cliff again. Elijah Jones is gone. No one knows why. And they get the floor wiped with them by Virginia Tech and Miami, and then lose to a horrible pit team. So mm-hmm. you're feeling bad again. Then you go to a bowl game and you beat a ranked team. And then all of a sudden you're feeling good going into the offseason again. And now he's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that I think we just recapped all of Jeff Hathley's career
1: we probably could have honestly gone for like an hour just on that. Cause they're it's so rollercoastery and crazy things happening. Like, like we don't even mention like, and I think, well, the thing about half least seasons is that I feel like all of them pretty much ended kind of regular seasons, at least ended just with a whimper where they just ran out of bullets at the end of the season. And, you know, I think there's, you could probably do a lot of investigations to why that happened. Um, but that was definitely a, a current, a current that ran through all the seasons. Um. So, yeah, that's the thing. is like no season was ever dull, even though they all kind of, except for the three and nine season, all of them kind of ended up the same way.
0: Yeah. The three and nine season was awful. I, yeah. Covering it was awful. Talking about it was awful. I'm sure for you fans, it was terrible. Uh, but every other game, every other season was always interesting. And and you go, you go to the, you, you could talk about his legacy too. We can get into that in a minute. Like did, from a, I want to hear your perspective on this, Mitch. Cause I think we disagree a little bit. From two thousand and eight, uh, two thousand twenty to now, do you think BC football, the moment he left, because it's going to be different in about a week, is better? Was in better shape than it was under Adazio. Hmm.
1: I think that as the roster is currently constructed now, I would say yes. But that roster is going to drastically change in the coming weeks and months. I think when all is said and done, I would probably have to say that I do not think Halfley left Boston College in a better place than he found it. And that's pretty tough to say, because I think Steve Addazio left it. And honestly, like did really Steve Addazio leave it in that bad of a, a situation where there was still a good amount of talent. Um, I, I, think, I think Halfley did a decent job of maximizing a lot of that talent, to be honest. Do you think about guys like Hunter Long and Zay Flowers? And, you know, I know people didn't love Frank Signetti and Matt Applebaum in those seasons, but that was a pretty good offensive line. And he, He's going to get. He got a. He got two back to back first round picks. First time that's happened at BC since uh, Anthony Costanzo and Luke Keekley. So pretty good there. You are going to have another high draft pick in Christian Mahogany and some other uh, draft picks this year. Um, and I think the the biggest difference is that, and this is just based on their personalities. And I've t- I've talked written about this that Steve Adazio established a strong identity for the program, particularly on offense. But I think his culture of the program was not as good. And I would say it was the opposite for Halfley in that because of the weird uh, three and nine year and all the injuries and the other years, obviously COVID year. And again, like a lot of these external things are just things that have really fundamentally changed the landscape of college football, whether it be the COVID year, whether it be the NIL situation and the changing of the the calendar of college football, which again, not Halfley's fault. I think just he wasn't equipped well enough. And a lot of coaches aren't, honestly. He just wasn't well equipped enough to handle that to keep BC growing uh, from where Dazio left it, um, because you know, again, Dazio had the bad three and nine year two, and that was again injuries and just kind of cycles of recruiting and what have you. But then he kind of built it back up, and again, you know, it was frustrating that they couldn't break the seven win barrier ever. But you kind of knew what you were going to get. I would say a little more than with Halfley's teams, and again, the results were remarkably similar. But again, it was just so, so much of a roller coaster where you would have not ex- high expectations, they would do something great, you'd raise your expectations, and then you would come crashing down to the floor and then cycle that through like three or four times a season. So, yeah, I think, I, I think I'm just going to say I don't think he left in a better place. And I, I think that's going to be especially true. And I think part of it, that's going to be especially true because of when he left. I think that had he been fired after the Miami or Pitt game, I think there was honestly an argument to be made about him leaving in a better place, or, or at least it's kind of the same as where he found it. Now with what's going to happen, I just think it's going to be really hard to make that argument. So, you know, and again, I think part of it with Halfley is difficult for people in the media because he is so much better with the media. So people like us have a better relationship with him. So you you know you may not want to criticize him as much. You can kind of see the explanations behind things. Whereas. Adazio was so prickly, granted, I wasn't covering the team back then, but Adazio was so prickly then that, you know, people didn't really give him any of the benefit of the doubt. Whereas with Halfley, because he, you know, had that different kind of personality where the players did genuinely seem to like him, and I'm I'm sure their feelings are different now, but um, you would would give him the benefit of the doubt because he was a lot more savvy at dealing with that kind of thing. And eventually, I think just the whole, I think, again, I, I do think the big reason behind him leaving is that he just doesn't want to deal with this college stuff anymore and it's hard to blame him and I, I did see some people saying like um he's leaving now because if he leaves after next year or gets fired after next year because BC probably wouldn't do as well he probably would be hired as a uh college defensive uh coach as opposed to an nfl one or at least a, an, at least a coordinator he this is his chance to jump to be an nfl coordinator which is a pretty good job and Frankly, from what I've heard from Packers fans, they really hated their last defensive coordinator. So I think they're going to love Halfley for at least two years just because he's not that guy. So, you know, I think that at the end of the day, I think Halfley's probably a better person than Steve Adazio is. Maybe not as good of a football coach, which, again, we can have a philosophical argument as to which one you want to be.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, like, we could all have a whole conversation on the last four years. I mean, one of the things you could narrate it as is Jeff Halfley learning on the job. So much of that was like him not understanding something, figuring it out. And, you know, with the Dazio, he had been in that. So his thoughts and his processes were stupid sometimes. Um, and honestly, like Jeff leaving, I did a whole segment on this the other day uh, with his go for it all the time on fourth down. I was loving that. Um, and, but he, there were so many things I felt like he, it was like brand new for him. So in a moment, when we talk about potential replacements, one name that's popped up and I'll say it now is Al Washington. I I say to BC fans, yes, he's a favorite of yours, but you're going to get the exact same thing that you just got with Jeff Halfley, where he's going to learn on the job. Are you ready for that? Is that what you want? Because of all the things we just talked about one, I, at least from my perspective, one current through this last four years was there were lots of things that Jeff Halfley had to learn um, as a new head coach. And I think, In a moment, when we talk about it, one of the things that BC needs to look for, and I know it's going to be tough because of where it's happening, is a head coach with experience. They don't want to wait to have someone come in and figure things out on the job. We'll be back in just a moment. This is locked on BC AJ black. And before we get into our final segment, we're going a little long here because there's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot of you out here. (laughs) We have more listeners than I think I've had in any game post game discussion. Um, Go over to Eagle insider. I'll put the link up when Mitch starts talking in a moment. Um, And right now we have a special Jeff Halfley's gone 60% off sale. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. Um, And while Mitch and I break down analysis, I have a big board up already of potential uh, names that we could be looking at. Um, I'll get player reactions, recruit reactions. You're going to get it all Uh, 60% off. I think you're going to, I think it's like 30 bucks for the whole year. You're going to get all the news and be up to date on everything coming up. You're going to want to make sure you sign up today. This deal is only going to go for a couple of weeks. So make sure you sign up. Now the big news, now that he's gone, Now everyone wants what everyone wants to talk about is what's next. Who's BC going to hire? And as I said earlier, they got to do it quick. This cannot be a national search that they hire. um, Was it Gene DeFilippo's uh, uh, search committee and get a list and then just, you know, break it down and no highlight your two or three guys that you want. Bring them in interview hire on the spot. That's what they got to do. They cannot drag their feet and do a whole, you know, hiring process on this whole thing. Just do it. So Mitch, what's, I want to go into, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about some names that uh, Brandon Marcello brought up. I have my list up on the site and some of those names that I have, I can confirm I've heard BC's interested in and Brandon doesn't have them here. So, um, if you want to get a few of those names they are up on the site, what names step, uh, jump out to you?
1: Well, Bob Chesney's the big one. Um, and, behind the scenes when we were towards the end of this past season we were putting together some lists of guys that we thought bc would be interested in and even they did fire halfley which they obviously didn't do and bob chesney was number one on our list and i know he was on a lot of fans lists going at the holy cross game especially when bc was about to lose that game and they ultimately didn't and here we are um i'm a big fan of hiring bob chesney and based on what we've seen about his bio at JMU if bc is willing to pony up maybe they can swing this but Bob he fits a lot of the qualifications I would want the next head coach because he has a lot of experience coaching New England, which I think the importance of that can be overstated. But the most important thing about him is that he has won everywhere he goes. And he has built up programs from not being good programs to being excellent programs at pretty much every level he's been at. Granted, he has not coached a game at the FBS level yet, but he has taken a Division III program from a losing team to one of the best in their conference. Same thing with D- a D2 team, same thing with an FCS team. The guy's a good football coach, and we saw that. I mean, took, again, he took BC to the brink this year, and you know you can argue about how talented BC was, and I would argue that Holy Cross took a big step back from where they were last year, and they still had BC on the ropes. So, I would really like Bob Chesney. I'm not sure if they're going to swing that, because again, where we are in the cycle. <clears throat> Jason Count from Toledo. Interesting name, guy that has kind of been on a lot of lists as of late, like the last few years, just because he's been very successful at Toledo. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to, I can't remember which one is off the top of my head. Um, it actually might be Bud Elliott of Two Four Seven, uh, who's on the Cover Three podcast. He has said that there's some concern that because Toledo is just operating at such a recruiting advantage over the rest of the MAC, that it's not really him coaching; he's just recruiting, which is important in the MAC. But you know, it's not like the guy's just like a schematic genius, and that's why he's running through the MAC each of the last few years, which I think is part of the reason why. I think they've been in the MAC championship the last few years, but they haven't won it. They've gotten beat out by kind of other hot teams. Uh, Todd Munkin, Ravens OC. I find that hard to believe. Um, I think Munkin's, I mean, again, the Ravens had a really good year, obviously bad result in the AFC championship, and Munkin didn't have his best game. But I don't really see that happening. Jeff Munkin at Army, I would be interested in. Um, I know that they've kind of fallen on some hard times recently, but, I mean, he really got that program turned around when he showed up, um, you know, had them. Basically got got them to be beating Navy, which is a big deal. And they had some—I think they had a ten-win season, maybe two. Uh, Mike Reed, Clemson session teams coach. Gotta be honest, don't know much about him. Liam Cohen, he's Kentucky BC. OC.
0: BC. He has a BC uh, connection.
1: Okay, all I, right. I think he went uh, to BC. Okay, well, okay, wouldn't mind kicking the tires there. Uh, Liam Cohen, Kentucky OC. I am very worried about Liam Cohen. He's—I think he's from Massachusetts, or he went to UMass. Uh, one of the two, maybe both. He has been going in back and forth between the NFL and college a lot in the last few years. Um, and I think he's getting NFL interviews actually now as Kentucky's OC. And I don't think his results are that good. And I don't want the same thing to happen. And he's also never been head coach. So he doesn't have experience there. Uh, the other one's Al Golden, which we've kind of debunked because Blake James fired him and then Al, Al Golden sold. Or Blake James fired him at Miami and then Al Golden sued him. So don't think that relationship has been mended. Um, Some of the items we've seen. Uh, Bill O'Brien, which a lot of you think that there's been some smoke there. I could see it. You know, The, the big thing I want to debunk is I, I'll i have to think of a bet to do or something, but I I think it's impossible that any, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel take this job. Why would any of these guys, again, halfway left because college is so much more work than the NFL and it, a lot of it does not have anything to do with football. Carroll maybe because he has this weird old man energy and he can, maybe he could either recruiting. but he hasn't been in college for a long time. The last time he was in college, he got ran out because he was committing recruiting violations. Um, so, and you know, maybe he doesn't do that now, but whatever. Bill Belichick does not want to do all the crap about college recruiting and NIL and all that stuff. That's like, he, come on, what are we talking about? Yeah. He's going to have a cush. Also, jobs. like also, I know that some of our new England fans are going to maybe prickle at this, but like, how is he doing since Tom Brady left? Maybe he's not the greatest coach, you know, without the great, the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and I Vrabel th- maybe because he's a little younger. But again, like, he, I think he thinks he deserves to be an NFL coach. And I think he's right. So why would he take the step down to college? I think that also applies to Brian Flores, who, yeah, sure, he played at BC a long time ago. But he's currently suing the NFL because he believes he's been screened against for being head coach. And I think he believes he should be an NFL coach. And frankly, I think he got really screwed over in the Miami situation. So I think he probably deserves another shot as an NFL coach going back to college would be a significant step down. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Now now you got me derailed with the comments. Um, That is a demotion in his mind. Again, a lot of what college football coaching now is sucking up to old rich white people who, for their money, which is exactly what he didn't do at Miami, Stephen Ross, and that's why he fired. So I don't think he's going to want to come back to college. And he's never even coached in college at all. He went right from playing at BC to a... Um, I think a scouting internship with the Patriots and then turn that into a coaching career. So he's never coached in college, which again, it, college is not so much different from the NFL now, but it still is. And he doesn't have any experience with it whatsoever. So don't expect those hires. I find them very unlikely. I think this coach is going to come from the college ranks. And I'm hoping that it is going to be a person who has college head coaching and college head coaching, winning experience.
0: Can we just talk, though, like hypothetically, though, with Bill Belichick, if we got to go to a press conference and ask (sighs) Belichick questions,
1: (laughs) get him on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, that'd be that'd be sick. But, you know, (laughs) sorry, So so we're getting Nick Saban out of retirement. I think those two are about as equally likely as of happening.
0: So my hope is that Blake James has a list in front of him now, like now, and has already made calls to agents because we need to get this process going quickly. Um, and and talk to Brandon Peter Caruso, has-
1: he's got Peter Caruso in our comment section has an extensive list of names. Yep, much uh, we anybody have- who's ever been a head coach in college football: Jim, Jim, Jim Grove, Grove, Paul, Paul Johnson, George O'Leary. Is
0: George respectfully? Is George O'Leary alive? I don't even know um and he had one earlier that i I lost it he had one he also wants to
1: hire head coaches who are basically criminals he's suggested (laughs) mel tucker he suggested pat fitzgerald he
0: suggested urban meyer
1: yeah plus miles i'm sure father leahy would love some more of those pictures that we've seen of urban of urban meyer love to see him down at city side on the weekend
0: uh yeah so should the
1: torch be Leary is alive so that's so good i'm (laughs) glad he is
0: should the torch be passed to either paul rhodes or paul rob Jadzinski? Um, I could tell you, okay, so first of all, Chud, Chud took a job with BC so that he didn't have to recruit, (laughs) you know, he had what Mitch was talking about earlier where he just, you know, they have, um, uh, why am I like Steve Shimko as the offensive coordinator? And he did all the, like, if following me on Twitter and and the readings that I put, uh, the articles I put up, every single person on the road does not talk about Rob Chesinski. They talk about Steve Shimko. So Chud is in that same bucket as Tim as in Jeff he's done with the college co- football coaching life no and I don't think Paul Rhodes Paul Rhodes isn't that out uh, that much either I don't think he's gonna do it so
1: and it's not uh, like he was exceptionally successful before so yeah like I don't know <laughs> like um Dan Mullins getting thrown around, around a lot um obviously has New England connections I would I mean I'd give him a call obviously but I I think he, I he think he's no to hes because he he is obviously more connected to the college game and has had success and specifically has had success at a. Don't everybody freak out when I say this, a quote, stepping stool program um, like Mississippi State, where he is more focused on the development of players and finding edges in scheme as opposed to just hammering the recruiting and stuff all the time. But the problem is now, like, regardless of where you are you are recruiting all the time. And I, maybe he's just like, I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to stick in TV and play golf with Matt Barry every weekend and have a little fun cry on. Every time we call a game, we're saying, what's our golfing record against each other. Like I think he's probably got a pretty sweet gig going right now. So it, I would definitely give him a call, see if he's interested, get his number, get a, what number he wants to be paid. And if he's willing, I'd, I'd love to have him. I just don't think, I think the tea leaves with him are saying he's not, would not be interested.
0: And as I said, not be interested to,
1: because his number might be too high that BC wouldn't want to
0: pay it. (laughs) Right. And, and as I said earlier, Al Washington, no, I don't want him yet. He is not like it's, we didn't, BC is not a program that needs another guy learning on the job. Same. And I'm going to say this one now, because he's become the darling of BC fans. And I saw people tweeting at him about this. Absolutely not with Will Blackman. (laughs) I, I don't know why everyone is obsessed with him. It's now. because
1: it's because it's, it's Dion. It's because it, it would be our Dion. Ugh. Yeah, we don't have the NIL. And because like that, that went super awesome in its first year, right? Right. I was right. I was told they they would be only a few point underdogs against the twenty nineteen LSU team. So I imagine they they won the natty, right? Uh, yeah.
0: This year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They definitely made me. Okay.
1: It. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, How About Scott Frost, man. Talk about a fall from grace. Um, pr- probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not like. Uh, I think. I think the uh, academic requirements at BC would be a bit of a struggle for him, given that uh, the past previous schools he was at academically did not have as stringent of requirements. So one name I did see from somebody I think on our board mentioned was uh Chris Creighton from Eastern Michigan, who's done, done a very good job of taking that program from the absolute dumpster where that's like the team you pick in NCAA 14 to rebuild from nothing. Um yep. and they're consistently winning bowl games. But he he kind of gives me some Daz vibes, both for good and for bad. Um did this whole
0: team get in a massive fight at the end game. Yeah well
1: one well so one player attacked the other player that uh the other team that beat them in the bowl game and then got that player got his you know what handed to him because he tried to fight a team after game and tried to fight the whole team by himself. Um but i think that he's kind of in the same thing as frost where it's like eastern michigan relies a lot on jucos and stuff like that and i know bc got their first juco football player that i can remember uh this year but i just i i don't know if that would work out as well
0: yeah uh going through our comment section what about Bob- <laughs> peter come on what about bobby petrino <laughs> all right next justin here's another one that name has popped up and i've heard yeah. he's justin fry um an Andazio guy He's at Ohio State right now. Is there? Is he, he's offensive line coach or co co head coach? I think. Um, I'm not.
1: Sure. I'm not sure how that changed with Bill O'Brien. Which I did. We we talked about Bill O'Brien, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that I think that's possible. Again, we there were some rumblings that he was. In, okay, assistant
0: so, assistant head coach for offense, offensive line coach.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, and Justin Fry, did he play at BC? No, uh, he played at Indiana. He was just the yeah. O line coach from 2013 to 2017. So, I, I mean, maybe uh, he maybe. hasn't, but again, hasn't been a head coach. Um, basically just been a Daz guy the whole time. I'll so leave I'm, this
0: one to you. Bowling green looks solid. What about Scott Leffler? Oh my God.
1: Uh, I will say they, they've they got, they, he has got them playing well. Um, Last few years, but man, I, I just really don't really, I just don't really like Scott Leffler and
0: his offense. So I, I would not be thrilled about that. Um, All right. Continuing down our list. We have, and this is not Peter Caruso. This would be a controversial pick. Peter did suggest this earlier. <laughs> but he's a and also, winner. like, okay, he
1: won. Like, he had one winning season, like, every, like every few years, and then would be terrible in the interim. And again, also just got fired for a hazing scandal, and was pretty like, I think he's still suing the school, so he thinks he's still on the right. So, <laughs> y- you know, not not my
0: favorite choice, and folks. And the guy that they we've hired, we've had, had like, we've had some issues with offense on at Boston College. Have you watched what Northwestern, even the years they were good, their offense was awful. It was one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. And I I think they just fired Adazio's former OC in the last like year or two. Uh, What the hell is his name? Jackie. And yeah. So I'm all set with Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. I mean, they did better
1: this year, like their best year since the COVID year. Like he, like with the, with the guy that replaced Fitzgerald as kind of just the interim they had on staff because they had a, again, another weird timeline firing. So no, I I would not be interested in Pat Fitzgerald.
0: Yep. And then our our last comment before we go, bring back Jags or Spaz. Um, yeah, we can always bring this up again. Uh, Jeff Jagazinski's not coming back I, for the 100th time. I've covered BC since 2010, and every year it's Jags should be back. Um, and I'm not going down that road again I'm explaining why he doesn't have a job.
1: Boston College uh, could burn, the entire campus could burn to the ground and... And, and the college say, we're not coming back. We're shutting our doors. And people would say, when are you going to hire Steve, uh, Jeff Jags to be the head coach, no matter what, it's always going to happen. So we
0: might as well just accept it. So Mitch, <laughs> we went 44 minutes. Let's wrap things up. Uh, where can people find your work?
1: You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf to be on Twitter. And obviously Eagle Insiders will going be bumping for the next few days. So make sure you sign up, uh, it's, it's going to be a wild few weeks. Um, Again, hopefully they get a new head coach soon. If they don't, then some more heads need to roll because this is crucial. Regardless of who they, regardless of anything, this is a crucial moment for the program because I think regardless of who you hire, it's going to be a rough 2024, but if you can make the right hire, you can write the ship, keep some of the guys that might want to
0: leave and maybe, you know, be better prepared to make 2025 actually worthwhile. All right. And you can follow me at AJ black two four seven. Again, I just put the link. I'll put it back in the comment section again. Sign up right now. 60% off. You can see the big board. I have names on there that they don't have. As I said, Al Golden is not, I don't think a a viable candidate, but there is one name that I, we did not talk about that's up there um, that I've heard. Good buzz about follow me on Twitter at AJ black, two, four, seven, right now, go over there, get that, get on that, get on Eagle insider and Mitch and <laughs> Mitch and I may be back multiple times coming up soon. So uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, hit the like button before you head out. And thank you so much for listening to locked on Boston college, your team every day.